Gentlemen, a very warm welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore, your physical co-host for tonight's absolute wonderful hour of sports power. The very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. Of course, we are Mainland Europe's number one English language radio sports show. So, folks, we are rolling along because Messi, of course, he chose Paris over Moscow, so only time will tell if that was the right decision. I don't think so. I would choose anywhere over Paris, but uh, that is my own predilection. Now, listen, folks, um, we have Russian and English Premier Leagues to have a little bit of a chat about. We have Andrew Flint and Eason Cody on in just one moment. In part two, we are boarded keelhauled. And hopefully not gang walked, <laughs> gang flanked, <laughs> or made walked, gang flank even. Everyone's looking at me here. Uh, because we have 
Agence France Presse's legendary journalist and author, Pirate Irwin. Yes, that's his name. He's just back from Tokyo, so he has Olympic fever still. Uh, not a bad kind of fever, a good fever, and he's going to tell us all about it. And also we're going to speak a little bit about literature. So there you go. There's a little bit of um, a lift in our show this evening for all of you. And in part three, of course, we have our, well, as Hillary Clinton called them just last week, the basket of deplorables. They are in for the big, fat, filthy quiz. And I'm going to start the show right away and say, Larry Liskey, Americans don't dope. There you go. Okay, so I got that out of the way straight away so no one can kick me afterwards. Right, folks, uh, a full round of fixtures so far. There's one game tomorrow, of course, in the Russian Premier League, Sochi versus Himki. But so far, Spartak, they have, well, they've improved just a little bit, but still in a lot of trouble. They won 1-0 on uh, yesterday uh, at home against Ural Yekaterinburg. Siska won 3-1 away in Rostov yesterday. Dinamo, they went down in Grozny 2-1 to Ahmad. And today, Loco, yes, that flat-track bully, he got his name in the score sheet again. They drew 1-1 with Zenit St. Petersburg. So a very good result for Loco. Keeps them, you know, kind of up there and moving because, of course, there's four games played so far in the season. Zenit, they are joint top with the surprise packets. Rubin, Rubin, of course, I mean, Rubin, they got knocked out of Europe this week, a very strange one, but they drew today with Krilisovdov. They could have been out on their own on the top of the table with four wins from four, but then they have three wins and a draw. Dinamo in third place on nine points. Lokomotiv in fourth on eight points. It's very tight at the top. Tops usually are very, very tight, but uh, in Siska, they are in eighth position. Spartak in ninth, but they're both on six points. Okay, so um, right, we will move right along and look at Quickly at the English Premier League, huge results. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Friday. Friday the 13th was a bad omen for Arsenal. They lost 2 0 to Brentford. New boys, Brentford. Um, that was just a terrible result for them. I watched that match, and honestly, God, Arsenal, they're going down for sure. Um, Manchester United, they started off the season well. They battered Leeds supporters off the pitch, and they battered them. The players on the pitch, 5-1, Man United won. Uh, Chelsea, they won 3-0 in the London Derby against Crystal Palace. Everton came back from one down to win 3-1 in the Spanish waiter, which is not a fair thing to say. His first game in charge of the Blues, the blue side of Liverpool. Leicester City, they opened up with a 1-0 win over Wolves. Watford beat Jack Grealish less Aston Villa 3-2 and Norwich one or sorry, Norwich lost 3-0 to a resurgent Liverpool. And uh, today, West Ham won 4-2 against Newcastle United. And Spurs, 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 they beat Manchester City 1-0. So I'm going to bring straight in on the line to us. Um, Andrew Flint, uh, our man in Siberia. Listen, Zeni, top of the table, but joined with Rubin. Rubin, of course, went out of Europe midweek. But, 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 Zenit really let themselves down today in loco, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. They missed a, a whole load of chances. I mean, they've been boosted by the signing of Claudinho with his um, weekend-themed announcement video. Bit over the top, in my view, but besides the point. They they missed some chances. Asmund was clear on goal. He um, he put it wide. And they had to rely on a, a penalty five minutes before the end to actually score, uh, Sutermin. But they were down to ten men by that point. And Lokom are the... When Loco turn up, they are virtually impossible to beat at home under Marco Nikolic. Proved again today. Um, but the flat track bully himself, um, on a slightly less than flat track, um, he did the job from the penalty spot in the last minute. So, good result for Loco. 
Yeah, I mean, it is good for, for local. They, they, you know, a, a point keeps them up there at the top, you know, up the top in the European qualification places. Yeah. A long way to go, of course, only four games played so far. Um, Dinamo, Dinamo doing quite well at the moment. Okay, they didn't get the rubber to green down in Ahmad in every sense. Um, Siska winning 3 1 down in Rostov. So at least one out of one or one out of two for the Moscow sides. Siska are actually looking like a decent side, aren't they? Well, they are. I mean, I think one of the, the good things to see is Fyodor Chalov uh, getting a bit of a break with Anton Zablotny out injured um, up front. But not just that, the fact that he is being played out wide while Zablotny is in the team shows that, that uh, Beretuski clearly understands Chalov has talent. We all know he has talent, but he needs a bit of faith. Jakob has been good standing in at centre-back, um, coming back from his loan spell. So that adds yet another option. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but it is like a new signing to have another solid centre-back there. Um, they're, they're looking OK. Um, a bit shaky to start with, but Ben getting new in charge, so we've got to give him a bit of time. But, you know, the string results like that together, and they could definitely be in for a top-four place. OK, Spartak um, have had a really, really rotten time with, of late. Uh, looking where they are in the table. In ninth <laughs> position, you know, two wins, two losses, three scores, three conceded. Gone out of Europe. Well, I mean, they're done. They're, they're, they're. You know, they're just. It, it. What's, what's wrong with Spartak? I mean, it just seems that they just. I don't know. It, they just go from, from, from uh. bad to worse. I mean, you know, losing four 0 in aggregate to Benfica. That's not too bad. Uh, they played a lovely. I, I was watching the first game down Ulyansk with uh, Sergei Esmin, a mutual friend of ours. It was a good game. I enjoyed it, but by Christ, I mean, it was kind of like you need to have nappies if you're a Spartak fan because stuff will be running through you very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, Spartak are going to Spartak. They, they just they cannot avoid controversy, drama in some form or another. If it's not on the pitch, it's off the pitch with um, Dmitry Popov quitting because he couldn't stand... Zerima Serikova, but not many people can, to be fair. Um, but, I mean, it's just the contrast between... Now, I'm a big, big fan of Domenico Tedesco, how he did. And I said from the very word go, when he signed only an 18-month contract, that was a slight disappointment because you could tell he was only going to stay for a short while. It's a very unusual length of contract that he signed. But the, the he may have lost his rag a bit, but he really... he. He got the team behind him. Rui Vittoria has clearly got a good pedigree in, in his homeland. He's won titles before. But um, I think he's realising it's a lot tougher than he probably thought it would be. We've got to give him time. But it's it's, it's not looking inspired stuff. Uh, Jordan Larson's not scored yet. That's a worry for me. OK. Well, I mean, you know, jo- Jordan does look a bit out of sorts. There were rumours that he was going to move uh, from Spartak this summer. But it, nobody seems to want to pick him up. Mm-hmm. And on current form, it just makes you know, perfect sense. Okay, very, very quickly before, because uh, Eastlet is waiting to glory in a, in a, in a massive, <laughs> massive crushing 1-0 win today. Yes, yeah, understandably there. She's got very, very little else. from Tipperary, so there's not much else to cheer about uh, in the world of sports. So um, very, very quickly, next Saturday, uh, 4 o'clock in Tula, Spartak playing Arsenal. Win, lose or draw for the boys in red and white. I'm going to back them for a narrow win. Um, I think they they just about got a bit of solidity behind them. I think they'll do okay. Okay. Uh, Siska home on Saturday, 6 o'clock against Ahmad Grozny out in the, uh, well, Siska Arena, shall we call it. Um, Win is the draw for the home side? I 
think I'm going to back them. It was a really good win at the weekend. Uh, three goals away from home is, is pretty decent. Um, I, I'd back them to win that one. Okay. Um, now, this is an interesting one because out in Yekaterinburg, I don't know if you'll be there for that one, but uh, Ural hosting Dynamo, also a six o'clock kickoff. Out in the Urals, could it be a kick in the Urals for Dynamo? <laughs> I would love to say I think so, but given that Ural struggled even to hold uh, Nizhny Novgorod to a draw, I'd have to say Dynamo would be favourites in this one. But confidence will be shaken after their defeat this weekend, so. I still think Dynamo will win, uh, possibly something like a 2-1, both teams to score. Okay, so the Oral needs to... Okay, that's a good one for them. All right, and then on Sunday, 4 o'clock, Loco hosting Krasnodar. Uh, Krasnodar, you know, they, they... I mean, we saw what they did today, of course, uh, just before we came on air. They won 3-2 in a tough enough match against Arsenal Tula. Um, they're doing okay. They're chasing down Loco. They're in seventh position on six points. But Loco, do they have enough? Do they have enough to get over this one? I, I'd have to think so. Krasnodar's still a little inconsistent at the moment, aren't they? So, um, yeah, you'd have to say Loco will be looking to win that one. I, th- I, I think it will. I think, again, I think it could be both teams to score because Krasnodar are certainly scoring, but they're also conceding a lot. So, I think Loco to, to edge this one... 3-1, uh, 2-1, something like that. All right. Okay, going to bring straight into the show, or not straight into the show, we're only a few minutes in, but now it's all her her mistress's voice. Um, Isolt Cody, uh, a huge win for Spurs today. How happy are you feeling right now? Um, well, I suppose I haven't forgotten that we also started last season with a uh, win. So that didn't work out too good for us, but I think it was a huge, it was a huge win for Nuno, Um Obviously, it's a new manager, but as well as that, it's been a tough, a, a baptism of fire for him off the field coming in, trying to negotiate with uh, Harry Kane, who doesn't want to turn up. And I suppose today was a big day for Spurs, and there was a lot of reports that the uh, cheers for much of the second half of the uh, game from the Tottenham Hotspurs stadium was, are you watching Harry Kane? And the cameras for Sky, who were present, didn't seem to be able to find him in the crowd, which is unusual. But it was a big a big win for Spurs and I suppose an unsettling day for Pep because he has had a loss a week ago and his last match before that was a loss in the Champions League final. So I suppose there's going to start to be some questions asked and I know he's just spent £100 million on uh, Jack Grealish but the man did not look worth £100 million today and I think that's it, it's going to take time. But I, I think... City were a more interesting prospect today than Spurs. Okay. Spurs played well, but we've had a good start to the Premier League, I think. Okay, and that, seeing fans back has been a huge thing. Okay, that, I mean that is, that is fair enough. Um, I just uh, I know we have to do have to mention. Sorry, before we go any further, uh, Gerard Moore, of course, the legendary German striker, one of the greatest strikers of all time. Thank you, Andrew, for reminding me of this. Uh, passed away today in Germany, age seventy-five. So our thoughts and prayers with his family and loved ones. Um, met the man many, many years ago in Frankfurt, and I was surprised by just how normal he was. Just a really, really normal person, but like you know, one of the, the great legends of, of uh, world football. Um, okay, looking ahead to next week, briefly, Isol, before we have uh, we touch on Lionel Messi. Uh, Spurs away next Sunday to Wolves. Um, that 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 should be that should be a win uh, for for Spurs, shouldn't it? It should be. I think the game of the uh, weekend is actually going to be potentially between Arsenal and Chelsea, <laughs> and you no, know, 
there's also then Man City have to play Norwich and after this weekend there's no guarantees but I think next weekend actually has quite a poor selection of games unfortunately yeah. a lot of in one-sided contests but I think Liverpool based on what we've seen and Man United are going to be the teams we're going to watch for the next few weeks with interest that's what I want to just ask you because we have lots of questions here. we ask people mm-hmm. to message in so I'll start with you um uh, so one question I, I'm trying to see who what the the end okay so whoever we're in four eight six four your number uh, first question fans back in the stadiums um, good idea bad idea Isolt good idea and I think it makes a big difference to refereeing yeah yeah I actually saw that today as well referees were letting a few slaps away um, kind of like yesterday in Crow Park as well like Dublin were let away a few slaps and rightly so um, okay um, who will win the uh, <laughs> who's going to win the EPL this season the question is like um, with Arteta Arsenal have no chance so who do you reckon <laughs> who do I reckon I, I wish I didn't have to say it because we've just beaten them but City are going to win it I think alright uh, alright City Andrew Andrew very very quickly to you <laughs> who do you reckon is going to win the English Premier League this season well after we absolutely destroyed Leeds with ease with a second rate side I, it's obviously Manchester United I actually genuinely think United will be very very close but grudging I think Eastall may may just about be right we'll be close to two <laughs> Manchester clubs I think yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll be seeing this season for some reason. Okay, so because that's what most people are asking: who's going to to uh, win the Premier League? Um, all right. So a quick. Okay, I'm going to ask actually uh, another question. Oh, actually, okay. Messi gone to PSG. These questions are coming coming in from everyone. Um, so looking at PSG with the teams they have, uh, you know, Messi, Ramos, Mbappe, uh, the fellow who dives, Neymar, Donnarumma. Are they going to win the, the Champions League or will they be humiliated again in the semi-final, Eastwood? If they don't, it is an absolute... There's no excuse. It's the biggest failure a club will ever have had if they have those players together and cannot win the Champions League and win it convincingly. So there is no other option for them. And oh. let's remember, they didn't even win their own league last year. That's true, yeah. And, and the winners, Lille, lost. <laughs> yes, yes, as well. Um, all right. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? I mean, like, are, are PSG all hype? Well, I mean, look, if you've got the resources they have, forget the morals of it, because there are very few morals left in football, then you would put that side together. It is remarkable what they have... The, the, the timing of all of these free transfers that they've managed to get in. Wijnaldum coming in. Don and Rumor, what, I don't even know why they bought him. They got Kayla Navas, one of the most informed keepers in the league. They should be wiping everything before them, but I don't think they will in the Champions League. I think it is too much hype in one go, but who knows? Okay, we, we've got some messages coming in uh, that, well, Spurs to win the league. Okay, there you go. There's support. That is not Easel, by the way. It's a Russian number uh, ending in 4235. <laughs> An intelligent listener. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a strange kind of uh, profile pick with a cat on a banana, but or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Man City, Man City. I got a message in as well. So uh, lots of ladies. And I got Spurs in tonight. So 2332, that is your number ending lots. off. Um, yeah, and then not Arsenal. Okay, right, folks, uh, thank you very much. I know you guys are probably going to stay in the line because uh, we have a huge interview coming up. So thank you very much for this evening. In any case, if you do decide to drop out, well, we will be back with you in the big filthy quiz, but please do stay on, Isolde and Andrew. Right, folks, we're going to go out to the break. Um, this is with a hello to England, a hello across to England, uh, because we know this is someone's favourite singer. So this is to say hello and a happy summer uh, to Mrs. Flint. This is George S. And blame it on Andrew. Sorry, blame it on me. Not me, but, well, look, you'll hear it when you see it. Okay, back after the break with Pirate Irwin.
Capital Sports with Alan Moore. God was blessed by the gods of me and you. We anywhere's for to find ourselves some truth. Oh, what you waiting for? No, what you waiting for? We counted all our reasons, excuses that we made. We found ourselves some treasure and threw it all away. Oh, what you Your confidence forgotten I see the gypsies roll oh, What you waiting for No, what you waiting for What you waiting for No, what you waiting for When I dance alone And the sun's beating down Blame it all Alan 
ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that one because Capital Sports is delighted to bring you this segment thanks to our partnership with Match Business Consulting, the one-stop shop for all your sports events and management needs. Okay, so uh, Isolt and Andrew are staying on the line with us, so they're going to behave themselves, I hope, and I hope the dogs are going to behave themselves as well uh, in Blanchestown. Um, so if they, well, if they all behave themselves, I'll leave them on the line. All right, uh, folks, I am absolutely delighted. Re- I wanted to get him on for a long time, okay? This is someone who I, I admire as a person, as a writer, as a journalist. He's top, top, top class. He um, works with Agence France Press, and he's also an author. I am delighted to welcome uh, a countryman, shall we say, a city man. He's from the same city as me, uh, and an absolute legend of, well, journalism in general. Pirate Irwin, you're very, very welcome, all the way from London town. Exactly, Alan. It's great to hear your voice after a long time of communicating by uh, uh, various forms of uh, uh, modern technology, I guess. Exactly. We were like email and messaging, DMing, and then we finally properly <laughs> spoke to Stephen. So there you go. I know you're speaking to all of our listeners, like you know, tens of thousands of listeners on Capital FM tonight. Um, so I'm, I'm delighted. That was fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we've got a huge audience, so we, we're going to start off, of course, with... Something that actually the audience were tuning out of, and that was the Olympics. Um, in, in your opinion, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think I've watched around six, seven minutes. Remember, no, I know, no, that's a lie. I watched about an hour in total of the Olympics, and about 55 minutes of that was the men's golf. Because the last few holes were absolutely gripping, you know, and not just gripping and ripping, it was really, really good. Why did the interest drop, do you think, in the Olympics? Because, you know, the, the 2016 Olympics, I kind of was a bit not really interested in them. And it seems in Russia as well, the viewership was absolutely at an all-time low. Oh, that's, no, that's very interesting. I mean, uh, time difference maybe, or was it the general atmosphere surrounding it, uh, which beforehand was obviously very pessimistic? Yeah. It wasn't morally correct to go ahead, that sort of thing. But I have to say, um, I, I, I found the sporting side very gripping in itself. Uh, but it's very easy to say that when you're in the middle of it. Well, I mean, obviously, if you looked at me physically, you would say he was never near a sports field in his life. But, <laughs> uh, but, you, but it was, a, you know, once you got over that thing of, I mean, which was a huge thing, in not having spectators at most of the... Uh, yeah, it it, it 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 became very involving, and athletes became a bit bored about being asked about. Well, you know, does the lack of the crowd affect you? Blah blah blah. I think for some of them, you know, when you see a performance like Carsten Warholm and the silver medalist and bronze medalist, you know, Rai, I suppose you'd have to say Rai Dewey, Benjamin, now, but he will be Rai Uno one day. Uh, <laughs> they, I mean, that's one of the great races of all time, you know, and. Uh, it's it's a shame. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's been Moscow or parts of Russia are with Japan. I, mean, I don't know if that could have played a role. But uh, I, I, I just regretted that, you know, like many, that there were no spectators. I think maybe that brings people more involved into it and watching it more. I don't know. Um, but it, it, was a, it was an extraordinary, weird experience. Um, having been to Sydney and Athens and Beijing, etc., and London, of course, you know, you, you enter the, for instance, the athletic stadium. I remember in Sydney, and I mean, that's aging me, but in 2000, 
extraordinary. It was like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I know the Aussies are sports mad, and there were 112,000 people in there. And it was like cool. going into, I don't know, I suppose, I think the film was made afterwards, but Gladiator, when Russell Crowe enters and he's battling away and uh, all that sort of stuff, and then there's this huge roar to my crowd. And that, that, that obviously was missing. But uh, why the lack of interest? I, 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 yeah, that befuddles me. Um, I can only, you know, I, I think, it, funny enough, I've heard that a lot of the newer sports garnered, certainly in England, more interest. I, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, wow, the mountain climbing or the skateboarding and got us going, and um, which was a bit of a shock because I think or collectively the, the bronze, gold, and silver medalists added up their combined ages to, well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't guess your age, but certainly younger than mine in total. So um, I, I think that got people going. But to answer your question about the lower figures, yeah, it, it's kind of amusing because the level of sport, I think, was still of a very high quality, as you would hope, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the performance, okay, Putting aside all the stuff about like what happened during lockdown and testing, no, put that aside. There were some very good performances. Like for example, as I said, in golf was absolutely. I mean, seeing these multi multi millionaires, multi multi millionaires going at it, looking at the tennis, how much it meant to like Medvedev, um, and, and how they were willing. Like the tennis players, even though it was the conditions. I mean, I speak with some of them who were play, well, last year playing for Kazakhstan, where she collapsed on court, but they didn't care. Because going for gold was all important. So from the athlete side, as you said, it was just, I've spoken with athletes since they've come back and it was massive for them. Um, I mean, talking about the athletes, I just, I'll segue slightly to um, the very interesting situation, um, of course, of the, well, let's just say the, the Italian shock, the 100 meter winner. He's now not going to race till the end of the year. Um, but was it just a case that everything went right for him and the field wasn't that good in any case? Uh, interesting question. As you probably know, the AIU, the, the Athletes Integrity Unit, revealed, or according to, you know, through La Repubblica, I think, and then the Times picked it up, that he hadn't run a time commensurate with being, um, as, as in fact quite a few had. Uh, because I think you have to run below 10 or 10 something to get uh, onto the testing regime before the Olympics and um, you know and, and then he just hit his straps you know he, uh, he uh, I think he met with um, a pretty substandard field in general apart from Andre de Grasso who I would say is pretty top class and, and certainly you know if you were to take on a racing form line as a thoroughbred you would say he had the medals and he finally did it in the 200 meters so you know that was class personified uh, the fact he's not racing for the rest of the year is surprising because you would normally cash in on uh, being an Olympic champion I mean you could imagine the remaining Diamond League meetings lapping it up to pay him appearance fees and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it is very surprising. I mean, I can only say with his first name being Lamont, a la Norman Lamont, <laughs> I, I guess he shouldn't regret Riyadh. But um, I, I, that was also a financial thing, and that was a catastrophe. But, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, um, particularly as they also won the relay, which was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, effort uh well i mean we've got to take into account that the americans just 
Again. You know, we're yeah. quite, oh, yeah. again, yeah, absolutely. And mind-numbingly, as Carl Lewis said, an embarrassment, really. Uh, um, you can't really contradict him on that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I find it very odd that um, he is not going to be seen again this year. I mean, I would hop back to... Um, I think there was an athlete. Yeah, yeah. She won 2004 in Athens. She won the 100 meters, and she took a year off. Nobody knew why, but she just did. And maybe she just felt, I've got the glory. I don't need the money sort of aspect. I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure. But whether <clears throat> he believes the same thing, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's very odd. The, the, it's, it's an odd scenario. It, it was an odd race. Um, I, I mean, Trayvon Brumel, I have no idea what happened to him. In A, and as he just got through, then his semi-final, he didn't. Uh, he, you know, he, he may have hit just the right Olympics where we're dealing post-bolt and a lot of that generation just uh, yeah, had retired, etc. Johan Blake's no longer the force he was. And Degrassa is maybe better over 200. But um, if there was a name you know, to push forward for the future now that he's got that 200 Olympic medal, yeah, gold medal, I think Degrassa is going to be greener and golden for Canadian sprinting for a long time to come. And I, even at the 100, I think he might... Um, you know, he might seek at the better of uh, Jacobs in the future. I mean, just say, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're as confused as I am by the fact that a 100-meter male champion, you know, the, I suppose you call it, the event, uh, with all due respect to the distance races, um, just seems right. Well, I'll shrug my shoulders and I'll wander off, you know, like Lucky Luke into the distance. That's it. I, it was something that, like, you know, always, like, you know, if we, if we look at, like, kind of the, you know, World Cup, well, you know, in soccer, the heavyweight boxing championship, and you know, okay, I I would always say the uh, Grand National for in, in horse racing yes. and the hundred meters in, in the Olympics. But um, part we have, I was going to ask you with Simone Boz, but uh, Eastold has actually a, a much better question. Eastold um, is on the line, so she's our legal eagle. So we have to be careful to make sure we don't trip ourselves up. So Eastold, yeah, fire yeah. away. Yes. <laughs> you have a quick question. I love the name. Oh. I actually, it was. It was an agreement actually with you as regards the new sports potentially breathing breathing new life into the Olympics in the sense that now I noticed from watching them, they seem to have a distinctly Japanese flavor to some of the new sports, as in the medalists were mostly Japanese, I think, in BMX and skateboarding. Um, but there was having this new audience, I think. When will we actually see the results of this in terms of viewership? Yeah, are uh, they? Uh, Isol, sorry, I just you, you just dropped out to the second one. Uh, Pirate, what she asked was, when we see the results of this new audience that were brought in by the likes of skateboarding and BMXing, um, when when mm -hmm. will we see that? Because we're, as you mentioned, they're very much, um, let's just say, uh, well, Japanese kind of oriented. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I, I, whether they'll carry on or whether they're, they're, uh, they'll, they'll carry on the sports themselves into Paris, for instance. Is, is, is exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I think definitely BMX, I think mountain and skateboarding, because there is an accent on carrying forward these, shall we say, communicating or connecting, as they, IOC would like to see it, with a younger audience. And, I mean, rather bizarrely, I think Paris is bringing in breakdancing for the next <laughs> one. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure if that's really still very young, um, because I remember, was it, um, what was she called? Jennifer Biles in something like that in 1984 or something. So she won't be appearing, I don't think. But um, <laughs> it's all an accident. I mean, there's no harm in it at all. And I think... Um, I think definitely you'll see those sports carried forward. Uh, it, it, there's a scenario now where, for better or for worse, uh, Mr. Bach has um, basically solidified the power around his executive board, so they will make the decisions on the sports, okay. and the membership membership won't get a vote. So, oh, well, we'll get a vote to rubber stamp it, basically. So. It, will be in their courts, but I think they'll be very happy with the reaction generally to those uh, younger sports that uh, came through the last games. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> as you say, there wasn't a lot of television watched, so it's very hard to get, gauge what their reaction was. But I, I think generally they'll, um, they'll get a go-ahead, you know? Okay. Uh, Andrew, quickly, you have a question as, as well uh, about Usain Bolt. Yeah, I mean, um, I was really... Uh, I was really interested to know what you felt on the ground, whether, I mean, Usain Bolt dominates the Olympic landscape for most people who are not committed athletics fans. Did you feel that there was somebody who took over that mantle as like the poster boy of the Olympics? And do you think it matters okay. if there is a poster boy to drive the interest? Okay, so, so uh, well, you heard the question, so like, uh, was, did someone take over the mantle? I know you mentioned Tyson, um, or does athletics need someone, do Olympics need someone to take over that mantle of the top 100 meter runner? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, definitely in athletics, um, you'd be hard pressed to say that someone did. I think, um, I think Carsten Warholm has certainly got the personality. I know 400 meter hurdles. Well, I mean, you know, 400 meter hurdles, you've got Moses, etc. I mean, not Charlton Heston, obviously, but <laughs> Moses and people like that who've, who've been great characters through the past. It's not quite the 100 meters, but my God, he's a character, Warholm. And so is Benjamin. Uh, if they can get the profile, you know, through more and more television exposure, etc. I think they can at least present one of the great part, you know, competitive or, you know, um, between two people for years to come. In the 100 meters, which, you know, as you quite rightly point out, is the event, uh, that is going to take some time, I think. Oh. And uh, whether people will stay with Carsten Warholm and Ryan Benjamin, I'm not sure, but they, I, I would advise them to do so because they're a... Uh, you know, sublime uh, athletes and be great characters as in they speak well and they come out with good chat and it's a friendly rivalry as far as I can make it out. So it is, it's got the ingredients there. Um, I know it may not compensate for the flashiness and the great showmanship of Bolt plus his sublime talent, but um, I, I would put those two down as being capable of it. Uh, whether you want to go behind someone like Sifan Hassan, I don't know. But, you know, on the women's side, she's pretty cool, as in her talent. Quite remarkable in many ways. Um, um, Byron, um, I'm just going to cut across you now because we're, we are running a time to segment. And I want to, first of all, to, to speak. Sifan Hassan, I mean, there's a lot of questions about her, but still, I think she is she's an amazingly talented runner. But... I'm going to segue slightly, but I promise our listeners at the very top of the show, into a bit of literature, okay? A bit of culture here. Okay. Um, Can now, I just say one thing, Alan, sure. before we do that, very quickly, is just I wanted to emphasize that 
it was a very special games in many respects, but without the courtesy and the smiles of the Japanese, and I, I don't mean this patronizingly, but it really did make a difference. By, you know, being there under different circumstances and being tested every four days, etc. Uh, they were amazing. The volunteers were phenomenal, from them to the security people. I've never known games where people have been, you know, who are so uninvolved in a way because they can't go in, were so welcoming. And, you know, I, I think they made them the special games that they really are, or were rather, and they will, will do for the Paralympics. Well, that's it, because we had the Paralympics coming up as well. So, um I want. I do want to mention this because this is something that uh, I think a lot of people who are listening to us should actually go and well, okay, get a Kindle um, of, the, of the books because uh, Pirate is also a very, very established and well recognised writer. Um, he has a series of novels about an inspector Lafarge. It's based in the Second World War in France and kind of, you know, kind of well, the whole situation around that and you know moral choices and I mean because you. You know, having lived 20 years in France, you have a real in-depth knowledge of the whole inside workings um, of kind of France during, well, Vichy France and under occupation. And uh, the latest one, of course, came out, was it, well, I got it in May, uh, The Serpentine Detective. Um, the uh-huh. latest Lafarge, uh, the fifth as far as I remember. Uh, I could be wrong. I, know, I, I always know The Twisted Patriot. I know The Compromised Detective and The Torture Detective. I, I am probably missing one. I'm probably missing one. The haunted detective. The haunted. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much for that. That's the one. That's the one previous to that I read. The last one. Um, tell us in a minute why people, because we are we're well over time. But I still, I, I promised, I wanted to do this for myself and for our listeners. Why should people go and look up Pirate Hero One and download these books and read them? Uh, because I think it's uh, you know he's no angel himself I think he reflects the times which were very difficult for France um, but also that you know even shall we say a country that prided itself on equality fraternity and liberty could quite go so far as to collaborate with a uh, conquering power and you know, everyone's human side came out from the officials who rounded up the um, rounded up the Jews and sent them via the Germans off to the camps to local neighbours. I mean, local neighbours' neighbours in the locality who would denounce their because they wanted their chicken or they wanted. You know, it, was, it came down to that. It was human nature. You know, I mean, I know that Britain prides itself on having held out, but I don't think human nature would change anywhere. And it just happened that France. Being such an amazing nation in itself and a great history, but produce this appalling, you know, sudden revelation of what human nature really like is if you're conquered, etc. And it's all very well saying, oh, well, you know, we were threatened, etc. But there are many instances where they were willingly, uh, you know, giving themselves, giving up their neighbors, etc. And this Lafarge is, yes, he's, he's not 100% uh, morally correct, but he does have a dividing line between what really is evil and what is good, and he takes the good line and basically tries to subvert them within. And um, I think, you know, he drinks a heck of a lot of cognac, smokes a lot of gitan, but he's not archetypal French. He, 
he has his moral guiding line, which I, I thought was most appropriate for this particular time. And I, I just find that period of French history, I mean, my French friends chide me and say, my God, why did you choose such a the most appalling period of French history? I say, well, you know, it, 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 it points out many of the dichotomies that people face and, and would have faced everywhere else. But France in particular is more associated with the collaboration, etc. And I, I find that absolutely fascinating, that sort of, uh, do we go over that line or do we stay within our own morals and are we courageous enough to do that? Because obviously it took courage too. It's a stand and, up to um, some... I think, Gaston, to Lef- yeah. I, I think Gaston Lafarge sums it up, you know. Very dear, thank you so much for your time this evening. I know now we've got you on, I'm going to get you back on again before the end of the year. Well, actually, well in September, hopefully you'll come back on to us. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Great pleasure, and thank you very much, Alan and Zolt and, and Andrew, and uh, it was a great pleasure, and I hope it was okay. You were right. brilliant, thank you so much. Okay, so folks, uh, the Inspector Lafarge novels by Pirate Irwin, get them, download them, run Amazon, get them, download them, read them, you will enjoy them. Okay, we're going to go straight out to the break right now with Alicia Dixon and uh, and <laughs> the boy does nothing, so of course that segment was, was of course brought to you in association with Mash Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports business consultancy. Back after the break with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I got a man with two left feet And when he dances that to the beat I really think that he should know That his rhythms go, go, go I got a man with two left feet And when he dances that to the beat I really think that he should know That his rhythms go, go, go Does he wash up? Never wash up Does he clean up? No, he never cleans up Does he brush up? Never brush up He does nothing 
лучшее завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed. Actually, I know I've already got messages and people really, really enjoyed that last segment and uh, I was delighted to, to have Pirate on. That is his name, Pirate Irwin. Okay, so I got a message saying, Alan, is that the, real, the guy's real name? Yes, it is, and he is from Dublin. And no, my name is not Pirate. It's uh, nothing like that. And we didn't walk the gangplank, but we are now walking into the gang of, well, it's four because I know Alex B is still in hiding. Peter P, Alex B is still, he's, he's running. He's running like a wild thing, correct? <laughs> he is. I don't know what's up with him. I, I've been calling him. You've been calling him. He is in hiding. I think, I think as I said, well, actually, I didn't say it in the chat, but I think the comments that he, he made have finally caught up with him and people are on his backside. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's move on from that. Um, listen, <laughs> it was it was something that if someone just wrote in and said, this is now a, a message that came in on WhatsApp. And I'm stumbling saying this because it was like I was trying to figure it out. And they were saying about because he still mentioned about the new sports and so on. And they said that there wasn't enough water sports in the Olympics. But the sailing in the whole lot, surfing. I think it was the timings of them, and perhaps unless you like actual laser or rowing, there's very little additional. Like there's canoeing, there's the that's about it. So maybe also is swimming not a water sport? I guess so. I I I just I was like, yo, why that that uh, this per- <laughs> man woman said that they prefer more water sports in the Olympics. So there you go. We need uh, water. Water skiing, yeah, water skiing. Oh, that's cool. Okay, right, we are going straight into the quiz because uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I am going to try and help our guys to get through it. Um, we have, the, well, four of the basket of deplorables, as I said, that uh, Hillary Clinton named them all last week. Um, okay, Isild is going first, ladies first, as always. Uh, Peter P is going second. Uh, Alex B will be in third, but of course he is on the run. God knows what's happened to him with Tom Brady. Double N is in uh, third now, and uh, then... Well, I say coming up the rear is Andrew Flint. Okay, Andrew, here we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so I'm going to give you uh, this. Now, the Vuelta de España, the uh, the Spanish tour, the cycling tour, started uh, this weekend. So I want to know, okay, the family name, the country, and the number of stage wins. These are the top stage winners in the history of the Vuelta de España, okay, the Tour of Spain. Uh, Isol, starting off with you, okay, starting off with you, Freddy. What's his name, his country, and the number of wins, okay? And I'll, I'll help you the number of wins between uh, 10 and 20, okay? So, Freddie, his family name, and his country, and the number of wins. Okay, um, it's between 10 and 20. I am going to go with... Uh, I'll go with 19. Wow. 13, 13. Okay, go on, his country. He's European, he's European. I'll help you out, he's European. Um, okay. Oh, Freddie Martins. Very good. Excellent. And his country? And I know he's Belgian because of Eddie Merckx. There you go. Well done. Well done. Okay. Peter P. Peter P. Okay. Peter P. Sean. 
Okay, and he has won between uh, 15 and 20 stages in the Vuelta de España. So his, his family name, his country, and the number of stage wins. And he, and, uh, and he is uh, from Europe somewhere. Yes, right? he's a European, a European cyclist. So, all right. So I'm, a, I'm going to assume that he's from. I think he's from England. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> Why? Because Sean, like, right, <laughs> so what? He's Italian. No. <laughs> oh God. Isil <laughs> just got her head's going to explode. He's Irish. He's oh, wait, Irish. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. He's Irish. If, I just said he's if Irish. She's mad. Oh, no, wait. No, come on. I wasn't going to say. <laughs> no. If she's mad, no. Then it's gotta, then he's got to be Irish. No, wait, hold on. You gave me two answers. So, no, I took the first one. So, now, done. You said you said French and Italian. <laughs> he took needs volume. Right. Okay. No, 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 no. But I, I was, it was, it was okay. like, I was His, just joking. I didn't I, actually. No, hold on. I didn't no. Actually... <laughs> no, 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 no comebacks. Okay. Here's the number of wins between 15 and 20 and his family name. Quick. All right, all right. Uh, since he's Irish, I, I, I will assume that he, he twenty, twenty. I think he's a big, a big dog. In the wow, <laughs> sixteen, sixteen. Go on. His family name. Uh, uh, Begins with K. Begins with K. Begins with K. I, I hope, I hope you're, you, you will, you will, you won't stop talking to me if no. I get this wrong. No, I'll stop so, talking uh, to you if you don't answer now. <laughs> okay, I'll, go on. I would go with, I would go with Sean or or O'Reilly. I just told you his name starts with a K. Oh, for crap. <laughs> Sean. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> All right, his name starts with a K. Quick, give me the answer. We're running out of time. Keen, I don't know. I, Kelly, I, I, Kelly, go- Kelly, 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 Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Okay. Oh, I just, oh, I just made a fool out of myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Quickly, uh, double N, double N. Um, Delio, yeah. Delio, Delio. He's from Europe as well. Delio, Delio. Yeah. And the numbers between uh, between Range. thirty-five and forty. Thirty-five and forty. Uh, I'll go with thirty-seven. <laughs> no, thirty-nine. Go on. No. Country and family name. All right. Um, France? No, it's Spanish. No. Spanish. So now to give you a bit of a hint for the family name, come on. Get five points on the board. Okay. Uh, what What do you say was his first name? Delio. Uh, Delio. Delio. Yeah. Delio. Uh, I don't know. Ricardo. I don't know. No, Rodriguez. I'll give you two points Rodriguez. for a second. Yeah, I'll give you two points. No, don't say Rodriguez. Oh. I just told you his name. Okay, right. Uh, all right, Andrew. Um, John. John. Between 10 and 15. John, that's not a cyclist name. That can't I'm be telling you, it's his name. It's, it's between... He's still cycling. Well, he better not be Irish. Otherwise, no. I'm going to be in the dark house. Well, I'm not um, going to... Uh, he's John, European, European. John Smith. No, Degenkolb. Degenkolb. <laughs> Okay, come on, between 10 and 15. Quick, I need the answer now. Well, he, he, he sounds rubbish, so I'm going to go 10. Yes, well done. 10, five points. And his country? <laughs> his country? Uh, 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 Belgium. No, Germany. I'll give you five. Okay, so, okay, right, very quickly, quickly. Missing word, missing word, okay. Um, okay, Isolt. Jack Grealish is... Um, I don't know if I can say this. You can. Jack... <laughs> Okay, I'll go with a waste of money. 
Uh, yeah, that's true, but no. He's poised for City debut. I'm going to give you three points for that. Okay. Uh, Peter P, quickly for this one, okay? Um, if, we, uh, if we are what, prove it, says Pep Guardiola. If we are like what, prove it, says Pep Guardiola, the Manchester City coach. Uh, if, if we are... Uh, uh, um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a safe one. If we are cheaters, prove it. <laughs> if we are wrong, like if we are wrong, I'm going to give you three points. It's about spending money, okay? If we're wrong, I give you three points because that's fair enough, okay? Uh, double N for you. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Arsenal, but I'm not going to ask you about Arsenal now because it's really not good. <laughs> um, okay, this is Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp tells Liverpool fans to what? Jurgen Klopp to, tells to what? Yeah, go on. Uh, to enjoy the season. It's going to be ours. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to give you six points for that because it is to expect better this season, better things this season. Okay. And Andrew Flint, finally. Okay. Okay. It would... Oh, no, I'm not going to... I'm not a what, says GB Sprinter, Uja. I'm not a what. Of course, he... Um, uh, I'm, I, I'm not a doper, honest. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you five for that. No, I'm going to give you six for that because that's fair enough. I'm not a cheat, is what he said. Okay, very, very quickly, okay? So this is the uh, multiple choice round. Uh, Esel, starting with you, these are all EPL, English Premier League facts, of course, that started back this weekend. Football finally came home. Okay, how many English Premier League titles, English Premier League titles, not league titles, L- EPL titles, have Manchester United won? Nine, 11, or 13? Uh, for Man United, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'll go with unlucky for some 13 you are correct you are correct it lucky might be, for me yeah it might be yeah, very lucky for you and it might be a while before they win a 14th um, right uh, Peter P okay um, how many clubs have pay, played in the English Premier League since it was formed in 1992 49 50 or 51 49 50 or 51 I'm going to go with the even uh, 50 I um, I even put the emphasis on 49. No, it's 49. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's 49. What? I said... You four- sounded the same. I did. I said 49. <laughs> 50 or 51. 49. I actually... Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'll take the blame. As uh, George Edgerton is blaming on me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Of the 20 clubs, double N, <clears throat> of the 20 clubs who are playing this season, how many played in the first season of the English Premier League in 1992-93. Is it 11, 12 or 13? 11, 12 or 13? Uh, I think it's 12. Oh, well done! Well done! Oh my goodness, you're an 18. Okay, Isolt, I think you... Yeah, you've won it, Isolt. Um, but let's go A finally... Exactly. This is the this is consolation now for Man United. Uh, Andrew Flint, I mean. Uh, okay, alright. So, Andrew, um, of the teams who are there right now, okay, uh, who have spent least seasons in the English Premier League? West Ham United, Manchester City, or Newcastle United? West Ham, Man City. I'm going to Manchester City. You went correct. You chose well. Well done. Okay, because they have only been in 25 seasons out of 30. Uh, of the 30 played already. And, of course, um, West Ham 26 and Newcastle United 27. So, Isolt, you have won back your crown. Peter P, you can hang your head in shame. Uh, we're no longer going to speak with you um, because you ended up oi, three oi, points. Oi, 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 oi. Three points, Peter. I, three points, Peter. I, I, 
Build a bridge and get over it. Build a bridge and get over it. Okay, right. I'm gonna thank. I'm gonna thank you. Let me defend myself. Yeah. No. No. Next week. Next week. All right. Thank you so much to the four of you, and of course, we'll be back on with you. You guys back on next week, uh, hopefully in the studio as well. So thank you very much. Have a great week to Eastold our champion to Peter who finished last, who double N who finished in well third place, and uh, Andrew who finished in second. Uh, okay, folks. Uh, that's it for this week. We're going to go away into the week. We're going to leave you with a, a nice one. It's called Brother by Need to Breathe, and it features Gavin DeGraw. So until next Sunday, same time, same place, 10 o'clock, Capital FM, Capital Sports. We're we'll waiting for you next week. So have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday night, what's left of it, one hour, and a wonderful week ahead. And remember, 